1985, Van Halen's lead singer, David Lee Roth, left the group he helped make famous, instead opting for a solo career and potentially a film career. Alex Van Halen, longtime drummer of the band and older brother to Eddie, frustratedly reflected on Dave's departure. We were a lot pissed off. We just came off a major tour, 1984, and it was the best-selling record we ever had. It went number two on Billboard. We had our first ever number one single. Every place we played was sold out, and we were just itching to go and do the next record, and Dave wanted to be a movie star. For much of the next decade, the two parties would often disparage one another to the media, further dividing them. It wasn't the creative part of working with him, Eddie reflected. I think we made some great music together. It was just living with the guy. He treated everybody a little lower than him, including us in the band. That's not the way a band works. I'm your host, Forrest Kelly, and this is the third and final entry in the Van Halen series. Here is 10 minutes about Van Hagar. The departure of Roth devastated his former bandmates, Eddie, Alex, and bass player Michael Anthony. As Eddie put it, we were just sitting there going, now what? Ed began to scout talent. He considered Daryl Hall, the voice of the popular duo Hall & Oates, though Hall politely declined. Former Journey frontman Stephen Perry flirted with the idea of replacing Roth. However, decades later, Perry would say, I don't know that I could be the guy to go out and represent David Lee Roth's years with my voice. I don't know if I want to be that guy. Van Halen would finally find their new lead singer through a very unlikely source, an Italian mechanic named Claudio Zampoli. One day my Lamborghini broke down, Eddie recounted, and I ended up at Claudio's. He just got off the phone with Sammy Hagar. Claudio goes, Ed, you seem a little depressed. I go, yeah man, I'm bummed, our singer just took off. And he goes, hey, why don't you call Sammy? So I said, give me his number. And I called him right there from the shop. Sammy Hagar, the former frontman of Montrose, had been enjoying a successful solo career since that band's breakup in 1977. Coincidentally, when Van Halen first signed with Warner Brothers in 77, the record label considered replacing David Lee Roth with Sammy Hagar though it was unbeknownst to the band itself at the time. In the end, they chose not to make the lineup change. Hagar wasn't initially interested in joining with Van Halen. However, upon Eddie's insistence, he met with the group and played with them for several hours. The band performed two riffs for Hagar that Ed had been working on. In turn, Hagar stunned the group, coming up with lyrics for the music on the spot. As Eddie remembered it, he blew me away. I remember Don Landy pushed the talkback switch, and in the middle of a song goes, I think you guys got a new band happening here. Before his previous label, Geffen Records, even agreed to part ways with Sammy, the new Van Halen had already recorded practically all of their next album, 5150. They'd also be without their longtime producer Ted Templeman, who left to produce Roth's new album, Eat em and Smile. Eddie was admittedly happy they were free to make the record by themselves. 5150 was released on March 24, 1986. A month later, it peaked at number one on the Billboard charts, Van Halen's first chart-topping album. By May, 5150 had sold 2 million copies, propelled by its single, Why Can't This Be Love, which reached number three on the Billboard Hot 100. 
It's a Van Halen world, with or without David Lee Roth. The Van Halen brothers are back in business. Read Rolling Stone's review of the record. It was immediately noticeable that 5150 boasted a different sound than fans had become accustomed to. This new Van Halen, while just as successful, was undeniably different from its predecessor. For instance, the keyboard was adopted into the band's sound, something Eddie teased in 1984, but could now fully explore due to Hagar's ability to play the guitar in relief when necessary. The album was a hit and the new lineup functioned well together as they appeared to have moved on from Roth. I don't think about the past at all, Eddie would say. The past had its good moments, but this is like a good moment every moment. In December of 1986, Alex and Eddie's father, Jan, died after suffering a heart attack the previous May. Despite the heightening tensions between the two parties, David Lee Roth would call the brothers to offer his condolences. Jan was 66 years old when he passed away. Over the next decade, Van Halen, or Van Hagar, as they were sometimes called, would release three studio albums, OU812 in 1988, For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge in 1991, and Balance in January of 1995. All three of the studio records would reach number one on the Billboard charts, combining to sell over 10 million records, in addition to the 6 million 5150 sold. But the good moments Eddie described didn't last forever. By the end of the Balance tour in 1995, tensions within the band were frayed. Their troubles had begun several years earlier, when Eddie was trying to go sober. At that time, he became more involved in the lyric writing process and more critical of Sammy's writing. Sammy would say, You never complained about the lyrics before. Well, I wasn't sober before, and I wasn't listening to the lyrics. It's not like I suddenly wanted Sammy to be my puppet, but once in a while I would take issue with a specific lyric or line. For example, I always hated the words to Wham Bam Amsterdam from Balance, because they were all about smoking pot. They were just stupid. Lyrics should plant some sort of seed for thought, or at least be a little more metaphorical. Sammy would scoff at the suggestion Ed was sober. Our last show in Japan on this last tour, he was wasted and played embarrassingly horrible. Ed hasn't been sober for two years. After the Balance tour, they all required time away from the band for personal reasons. Eddie was due to have a hip replacement, Alex needed surgery on his back, and Sammy's second wife was expecting their first child. But a break never occurred. Instead, Van Halen's new manager, Ray Daniels, arranged for them to write several songs for the soundtrack of the film, Twister. Hagar wasn't thrilled, but begrudgingly agreed. As work on the soundtrack was nearing completion, Sammy flew home to be with his wife as she had their baby. However, he evidently left prematurely, and upon Eddie's request for him to return to the studio, Hagar would refuse, unwilling to leave his wife alone. Hagar was surprised as their break was again pushed off when Daniels informed him that they would begin work on a greatest hits record that would include several new songs. Sammy was extremely opposed to it. I didn't think we should be cashing in yet, he explained. I thought we still had another good record in us. Eddie and Alex thought it was hypocritical of Sammy to oppose a Greatest Hits record because a few years prior, Geffen Records had released a Greatest Hits package of Sammy Hagar's solo work. According to Hagar, Geffen Records would have released the Greatest Hits package whether Hagar participated or not. Since he was going through a divorce with his first wife at the time, and Geffen was willing to pay the exact amount Hagar owed his wife in the divorce settlement, 
he agreed to record two new solo tracks. Hagar asserted that Eddie and Alex were understanding at the time, but they were now using this as leverage against him. By mid-1996, Eddie believed that Hagar was acting selfish. He told Hagar if he wanted to stay in the band, he would have to be a team player, which might include collaborating on writing song lyrics, which Sammy said he was fine with if I could find a guy that really inspired me, that understood the song, and we could write better lyrics together than I ever could alone. But he wasn't interested in someone that would take total control. Eddie said their new producer, Glenn Ballard, had some lyric ideas for a song they had been working on titled Between Us Two that was supposed to appear on the soundtrack for Twister. Sammy was interested to see what Ballard might come up with, so he agreed. When Hagar got the reworked lyrics back, he discovered Ballard had rewritten the entire song. He told Eddie that the new treatment was an insult and he wasn't going to sing it. Eddie relented and asked Hagar to at least return to LA to get a better recording of the original song and to possibly change a few lines. He then gave Sammy an ultimatum. He told Hagar that if you're not here at the studio by 6 o'clock tomorrow, don't ever bother coming back. Eddie claimed that Hagar showed up the next day, but as they worked on the lyrics, Sammy took exception to a specific line Ballard had written. I was like, Sam, please. Glenn's got some great lyrics right here, just go with them. His only reply was, if I thought those lyrics were better, I would sing them. Besides, I have an 8 o'clock plane to catch. And he just left. Glenn and I were dumbfounded. Then Glenn asked me, how long has this been going on? I said, longer than I'd care to mention. That was the last straw. Sammy's account of what happened differs greatly. Sammy says he never showed up that day. After he didn't show, Daniels called him to smooth things over. Hagar would eventually return, where he discovered he had been deceived. When they said they were saving it, I assumed they meant for our next album. When I found out the song was intended for Best of Volume 1, I was furious. We finished the tune, and when I was leaving the studio to go back home, Eddie said, you can't go, the song ain't done. I looked at Eddie and said, Glenn says it's great, that's it, I'm jumping on a plane. Eddie says that Glenn said something else. That's nonsense. Glenn looked me straight in the eye before I left and said, This song is absolutely great. Release it because it's a smash. On Father's Day 1996, the two men had a fateful phone conversation that both recalled very differently. Here's what Eddie recalled. I called Sammy and I said, Sam, if you want to make another record or do another tour, you've got to be a team player. Van Halen is a band, not the Sammy Hagar show. He said, yeah, I'm frustrated. I want to go back to being a solo artist. And I said, thank you for being honest. Here's Sammy's recollection of the call. I picked up the phone and Ed said, I'm so frustrated. You're always thinking of yourself. You never do anything I ask of you. You've always been a solo artist. You might as well go back to being a solo artist. I paused for a moment and said, are you telling me to go back to being a solo artist? And then Eddie said, yeah, I've been working with Roth. It's been going great, and I think we're just going to continue. The only thing I could say was, hey Ed, thanks a lot. Though it's unclear if Hagar was fired or if he quit, it is a fact that on June 27, 1996, he released a press statement announcing he was stepping down as lead singer of Van Halen. While in the midst of Sammy and Eddie's fallout, David Lee Roth contacted Eddie, hoping to make peace with his former bandmate. Having recently reconnected, Eddie, frustrated by Hagar's refusal to work on Best of Volume 1, 
called Dave asking if he would record two new tracks for the project. Alex and Michael were unaware Ed had called Dave until they arrived at 5151 Day, shocked to find Roth there. David Lee Roth, whose movie never panned out, had enjoyed an initially successful solo career that had dwindled in recent years. On September 4th, the original lineup of Van Halen surprised the audience of the 1996 MTV Video Music Awards by making their first appearance together since Dave reunited with the band. For weeks after the event, the world speculated that a full reunion was inevitable. By October, however, it was evident that no such reunion would occur. In fact, a new lead singer, Gary Sharon, was hired prior to Van Halen's surprise appearance at the MTV Awards. Dave, believing he was conned, wrote an open letter to the public. Here's an excerpt. You've probably heard the rumors that Van Halen and I will not be consummating our highly publicized reunion. I would like to go on record with the following. Eddie did it. A couple of songs was all I knew for sure when Edward and I got together three months ago. The band sprinkled sentiment like, we're still auditioning other singers, Dave. I was cool. I was in the moment. Then last week, I discovered that the band had already hired another lead singer, possibly as long as three months ago. I can't think of a reason Edward would lie to me about being considered for lead singer when he had already hired someone. I apologize to my fans and to MTV. I was an unwitting participant in this deception. It sickens me that the reunion as seen on MTV was nothing more than a publicity stunt. In reply to his letter, Van Halen's public response was, We parted company with David Lee Roth 11 years ago for many reasons. In his open letter, we were reminded of some of them. The Gary Sharon era had begun. Sammy Hagar wryly expressed his sympathies for the new lead singer. I feel sorry for Gary that he's got to walk up there, and in a two-hour show, he's going to sing an hour and 45 minutes of Sammy Hagar and David Lee Roth songs. You can walk into any nightclub anywhere in the world and see people doing that. In 1998, they would release their lone record with Gary, Van Halen 3, a failure by their standards, selling a paltry half a million copies. Sharon would depart the band in 1999. That same year, Eddie finally had his long-overdue hip replacement. With no lead singer, the band went on a hiatus for the next few years. In 2000, Eddie announced that he had tongue cancer, which required surgery. In 2002, Eddie was declared cancer-free, and while Van Halen was still on hiatus, Sammy Hagar and David Lee Roth teamed up for the Sam and Dave tour. It was a financial success, but a personal disaster, as the two singers clashed. On the tour, Michael Anthony would perform with Hagar on several occasions. In 2004, Hagar briefly reunited with Van Halen for an ill-fated tour. Eddie was in bad shape, dealing with health issues, alcoholism, and his own personal demons. It did nothing but drive Eddie and Sammy further apart. In 2007, Roth finally reunited with the Van Halen brothers to go on a tour. However, Michael Anthony would be replaced with Eddie's 16-year-old son, Wolfgang. It was not entirely unexpected. Eddie had not wanted Anthony to go on their 2004 reunion tour, having felt betrayed after Mike had performed solo with Sammy. Regarding his replacement, Anthony would write, Wolfgang is a great kid, so don't judge him too harshly. I'm sure he'll do just fine. Before their 2007 tour began, Van Halen was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony, neither of whom were in the band's current lineup, would accept the honor on stage alone that night. Eddie had just entered rehab and couldn't attend, nor were Alex and Dave present. On stage, the two men paused briefly to offer their best wishes to Eddie's recovery. On February 7, 2012, Van Halen released their first album in 14 years, and their first album with Roth in nearly 30 years, A Different Kind of Truth. It would reach number two on the charts. In June, Eddie faced another health crisis requiring an emergency procedure on his colon that postponed their tour. Van Halen would conclude their final tour in 2015. In 2019, there were plans for a third reunion tour to take place. It would have seen the return of Anthony to the band's lineup, but it never materialized. After decades of drug and alcohol abuse, Eddie wasn't well enough to tour. He had been fighting cancer on and off for several years. In October, Roth admitted he believed Van Halen was finished. In 2020, as Eddie's health was declining, he and Hagar quietly reconnected. Reconciling their differences, they communicated for several months privately. Then suddenly, Eddie stopped responding to Hagar's messages. Sammy realized it was only a matter of time. On October 6th, Eddie would pass away at the age of 65 due to a stroke. He was suffering from several health issues at the time of his death. Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony, and David Lee Roth would all express their condolences to Alex, Wolfgang, and the rest of the Van Halen family. Van Halen, the band Eddie started and propelled to stardom through the use of his guitar, his two-handed fret tapping, and his iconic brown sound, would in total sell 56.5 million records, making them the 20th best-selling music group of all time. Thank you for listening. For 10 Minutes About, I've been your host, Forrest Kelly. And that's finally all I've got to say about Van Halen.